artificial intelligence is now your business continuity team going through a wealth of information and data and then helping you create a tactical and strategic response in timeframes that you, dear mortal, cannot do. Welcome to the Failover Plan Podcast. I'm Shane Matthew. I'm sure you've noticed, but computers have been steadily creeping into our lives. And if you're like me, you're a bit resistant to the idea, especially if you grew up watching sci-fi movies where people attempt to trust computers to take care of them and it goes horribly wrong. But even with these fears, you've also probably noticed that artificial intelligence, or AI, continues to become more and more integrated with how we live and work. Now, when we talk about AI, we refer to the ability of a technological system to find solutions to problems or to perform tasks and activities that are typically completed by the human mind or skills. For example, I have a Google Nest thermostat in my home. This device allows me to control my thermostat from my smartphone. But another feature is that the thermostat has the ability to learn my temperature needs. It can be taught to examine the data it's collecting about the temperature of the room it's located in or my adjustments of temperature over a period of time, and even my presence in the area at specific times of the day. Now put it all together in its little computer chip brain and shake it up, and voila, it can apply those learnings and automatically adjust the temperature based on the schedule it creates for me, or if it detects me coming into the room. And it's freaking me out at how good it's getting. We now have reached a technological maturity with enormously powerful hardware systems that are capable of performing computational calculations that were previously unthinkable. So one has to believe that AI could prove to be a valuable ally in improving the efficiency and effectiveness of activities related to business continuity. So on today's show, we're going to spend some time exploring AI and its capabilities in helping advance the industry. Daniel Breston is a UK-based IT leader who has served as CIO amongst many other titles. Now, while I'm someone who may know a little about everything, Daniel knows a lot about everything. And he's applying that capability to advise many in IT on best practices, as well as how to improve disaster recovery and business continuity. And I felt he would be able to help us understand what the future of artificial intelligence and business continuity would look like. Do you know we have a LinkedIn group dedicated to the show? Just search LinkedIn for the Failover Plan podcast, and you'll find a great way to hear more about the upcoming episodes and connect with our community. All right, let's get on with the show. Daniel Preston, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you, Shane, for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. So, uh, Daniel and I have connected uh, over the last uh, few weeks and months, and we've been talking off and on about uh, the, 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 the business continuity world. Daniel has quite a unique perspective. So, Daniel, would you mind giving uh, our, t- our audience a, a little bit of understanding about you and how you got into this field? So, I'm in business continuity almost completely from the IT side. Uh, I started in IT in 1973 in a bank in Texas. We were the third largest bank in the great state of Texas. Our CEO was well interested in the way the technology could help the bank grow and also be resilient and sustainable. So he was always asking everybody, will you be here tomorrow to be able to service a customer or help your team? And he didn't care who he was asking. He'd ask everybody. And if you answered no, or if you answered yes, but 
it would help if we did this, this, and this, then he would help encourage that activity to uh, be, become part of your workflow. So we were always looking for ways of helping us do our jobs better and, and always be there, which when a force five hurricane slammed into Houston and took out the first largest bank and the second largest bank in Texas, oh well, we were now the first largest bank in Texas because <laughs> we were the only bank in Texas. There you go. Negatively speaking. So, you know, th this is well before all of the business continuity practices and everything became very formal, right? I mean, this is in the early 70s. And that philosophy of always looking at how can technology help an organization and how can technology help an organization do things better, faster, and safer, the service staff and the service customers, I mean, that, that to me is the definition of business continuity. I mean, yes, you want continuity in your business. You want to be there, but you can't be there if you're not doing what you need to on a daily basis to, you know, enhance that continuity and ensure that it's there. The annual test isn't is in continuity. An annual test is an annual test. Continuity means that you're doing something every day to ensure your business is, is there. And if you're not doing that, then you're missing a trick. Right. Well, I mean... That that is that is so true, and and obviously you learned that at the beginning. You know, I'm interested in especially in 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 people that have been in the field for for a while. You know, things started really in that time frame. So you're you're kind of describing the 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 beginnings of our industry in general. So that's that's pretty interesting. Now you uh, move moved to uh, the UK. Now you're based in the UK. How did that transition happen? And, and what do you do now? Um, four hurricanes, eight snowstorms, <laughs> several mishaps, one of which might have been where a CIO inadvertently powered off the data center while he was doing a tour to the board. Oh uh, and, <laughs> and What, he just pulled a plug or something? Like, how did that happen? Well, you know, you're leaning up against the wall and you think that the wall is secure and what you're leaning up instead is on the emergency power off button, which did have a switch, but he was a very big guy and he kind of broke the switch. My God. The plastic <laughs> box that was sitting on top of the right. DPO button. So, you know, um, a, a major Swiss bank who uh, will remain nameless for now, but you probably see it on my, on my uh, LinkedIn profile. Um, asked me to come over and help them introduce better ways of working across their wealth management. Um, and the offer was one that was difficult to refuse, especially when your British wife is saying, yeah, you want to take up that offer. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I went, okay. And yeah, uh, those forces at play that were much stronger than, yeah, than you know, <laughs> yes, I'm an IT director, but that doesn't mean, you know, I know who my real boss is. Right. Um, and we, we never looked back. I mean, we arrived in 99 and I've just been having fun in the UK and Europe ever since right. helping organizations do stuff. So is that what you do now? Is that what you, uh, yeah, help that's with? what I, yeah. I mean, my, my, my initial focus was, was that I would be an interim manager or I would do some consulting. Now what I'm doing is I'm doing, you know, I have 40 years of experience in IT. There is probably nothing that you can talk to me about that is new. 
you might have a new tool in mind, or you might have a new aspect in mind, but it's stuff running on stuff. In which case then you as an IT manager are experiencing everything that I've experienced in life. You're experiencing, especially now during the pandemic, you all, everything that you did for your business continuity plan did not prepare you for your teams, your staff, your entire organization to right. be working in other locations. All of the security risks that are now there of, of doing that because they're downloading stuff to their laptops or personal desktops and mucking about with them in their Excel spreadsheets, and you're not saving those anymore. So if you have further issues, you're, you know, you're, you're really in trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. And Lord knows how many laws you're probably breaking. Um, <laughs> you, you know, there's, there, there's all kinds of stuff that IT managers want to be able to bounce ideas off of somebody who's done this and get some advice, figure out ways right. of working that they aren't able to consider today. And that's what I'm offering. Well, that's interesting. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. We're, we're in a, definitely a place that we have not been before. And as many posts and comments are, are, are flowing through, we, we see that uh, a lot of the industry is, is struggling right now. But we're here to talk about a couple of things that are a little different. You know, I, I was recently reading a survey, uh, a PwC survey, about 2,500 business leaders that uh, saw that trust in AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be part of their central strategy. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is the really based Chinese on this. Bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Why not talk about what's coming next, you know, while we're in the midst of uh, this situation. And, and so, yeah, so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I, I really think that, um, that has peaked in interest, not only, you know, I, I work for a consultancy that has a software tool. And so, you know, the idea of merging AI and software that, uh, focuses on business continuity has not been a new idea, but it's starting to gain some significant traction, uh, because we're collecting a lot of data in a lot of ways, but I wanted to talk to you in general, you know, can you kind of explain to the audience and I a little bit about artificial intelligence, your thoughts on, uh, you know, what it does in general? Well, we'll step back for a second. We, we in IT, we used to have a lot of manual tasks. We would create code and we would manually hit enter and put it and put it someplace. And then if we wanted to put it someplace else, that was another manual task. And if we wanted to test it, we had to manually fire up those tests. And if we wanted to get it approved, we had to manually create a form and fill it in that went to a meeting where once it was approved, someone, if not yourself, would then manually help make it go live. And over time, through either mature service management processes, or Agile or DevOps, put in your favorite term, automation started to remove a lot of those manual aspects. As we started to automate these things, we realized that we could do things faster, but not necessarily better. So there was a lot of the operation is, is a success, shame the patient died type of philosophy. In which case, going back to what you just said, the concept of we're doing many things correctly, but we don't have the data that we need when we need it. So we're doing them at the wrong time. 
in which case, okay, art, the, the concepts of artificial intelligence linked to automation to enhance the way that work occurs is now blossoming everywhere because the tools are there now to be able to do that. You have, you know, data lakes and, and data oceans in your cloud or your, your virtual uh, system where before it was just all of your incident data or your change data boring now it's every single time a person hits hits a keystroke every process inside your organization what do they do how do they do it what are the outcomes of everything that they do where are they struggling what's taking longer than maybe it should what are the distractions? What are the bottlenecks? Your vendors, you know, as a bank, we rely on other payment companies to manage our payments, right? I mean, payments go through automated payment companies. If they're having a problem, we're not making payments. Our customers are going to call the automated payment company. They don't know anything about that. Our customers are going to go onto, tweet, onto Twitter and tweet how awful we are, okay? So we need to be able to know when they're having problems so that we can kick in plan B, even if that's just dear customers, we're experiencing some issues right now where we're working with our partners to resolve them. So, you know, that that is all data. And without that data, you don't have the right knowledge to be able to do your work correctly. And, and you can't get to the point of wisdom, you know, the DIKW curve, you can't get to, to the point of any type of wisdom to help you improve what you do. So artificial intelligence, you know, I wish I'd had it 40 years ago, but artificial intelligence today is, you know, the extraction and management and use of information very, very quickly, okay? So not by humans now, but very, very quickly that makes what I want done, done in a really good way. So, you know, you start slow to go fast and, 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 you know, all AI is going to be from like, created by a human anyway. So you need to make sure that there's no bias or anything that sneaks into right. your, your way of working. But uh, on, on the other hand, you know, AI have done well. Wow. It's massive, especially in the world of business continuity. Right. So let's talk about business continuity. Cause I know, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of, uh, uh, listeners who who manage their own programs, right? They they probably have a software tool that they're using or 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 considering that. So they're probably far away from the idea of how do I incorporate AI into the management of my, of my program and the activities I do. But in general, what are some of the things that um, uh, you know in a, at a programmatic level that you think that AI, if applied correctly, would benefit? you know, a program, you know, when I'm, and so when I'm talking about program, I'm talking about, you know, the general development and management of the policies, practices, the way you approach business continuity. Is there any ways that AI could, could jump in and support that? Well, look at all the manual effort that goes into creating your BCP today. Okay. You manually create policies that go and service the organization and instruct them as to what to do, depending on a variety of different events. AI says, what are the various different events that people have overcome or have seen 
in our industry, which then allows you to focus where you need to have your plans. So I'm a small bank in Texas and we get hit by hurricanes six months of the year. Don't you think my BCP plan should have something to do with hurricanes and allowing individuals to service customers from branches when branches have been blown away? How, how are we going to, to do that, right? So AI goes and gathers that information, that data for you and feeds it back to the business continuity folks or managers of various departments and says, you need to be prepared to uh, manage this type of risk. Your risk scoring is all done manual now. Well, it's probably done in Excel spreadsheet, but you gather all of your different, you know, scenarios and you rate them one to five or whatever scoring method you do. AI's already done that by the time I said this sentence. Ah, that's true. It's captured all your different risks, right? It's already created all your different scenarios. It's told you what your uh, good stuff and bad stuff is, so you can go and focus on that. Your business impact analysis. I mean, let's let's take that in reverse order because I'm well known for changing the order of words. Okay, so I don't call them KPIs, for instance. Think of the phrase key performance indicator. What does that mean to you? Now think of the phrase indicator of performance that's key. Did that change? Okay, did that change your philosophy? So what happens if you analyze the impact to your business? See what I just did? Okay, what happens if you analyze the impact to your business of someone not being able to perform their job. Go back to my first story. That's what business continuity is about, okay? I can't service a customer if I'm not in the office. Tick, I need to go and find a way to remote work. How many people when the pandemic came already had in place what was required to allow people to work from home? And how many people scrambled? Yeah, a lot more than we would have liked to see happen. It was probably okay. scrambling. Okay. So, yes, pandemics, thankfully, don't happen often, but there are all kinds of opportunity today. Cyber attacks, train strikes, earthquakes, okay, snowstorms that will force, I don't think that's too strong a word, your business not to be able to work from where they expect for some period of time. Right. You as the technology team with the business continuity team are accountable, not responsible, accountable to make the business stay in business. So you need to be ready for those types of things. If your applications aren't there, if your technology services aren't there, if the data that you need is out of date, do you go through a lot of manual head scratching to try to put it all back together again? No, your AI works with your software processes and goes and finds the information that it needs from the backup in the cloud and helps you make things right or right enough for you to continue. And at the same time, the AI goes and kicks in the service desk or customer desk, customer support desk to allow them to tell customers if you don't already have a message on your website that we are experiencing difficulties, we recognize that this is the impact to you. Okay. Okay. So 
AI has automated your business continuity plan. Everything that you used to do manually, okay, invoke, that's too slow. Get the team together. They're all over the place. They're at home now, okay? They may or may not have their phone on or something working. They may be struck by some type of event that, that, that is, you know, keeping them a way of helping you. So how can you keep the business in business AI and automation are, are, are doing that now. They're now your new people. If you create a, a RACI chart, a roles and responsibility chart, you need to start treating tools as you would a person. This tool is accountable for doing this. This tool needs to inform this. Okay. They, oh, wow. now, okay. they now become your new, their new person. And that really sparks where you're uh, not having the right skills or people involved or tools involved. And we're not, if you consider them to be part of, you know, a real part of your team. Wow. So let's break down the, the first part of what you were saying. When it comes to development of a plan, uh, you know, how did, how does it kind of can break it down for me? How AI would, would help with that? Is, are you talking about literally when a, a user is, is creating their strategy for what they would do for different scenarios that the, the AI system would help? say, hey, suggest this, or did you forget this? I mean, like, am I, am I looking at it too simply? No. I, at the beginning, AI is helping gather information about what it is that you do. Over time, AI is learning what it is that you do so that it can start to make suggestions. As the way that you work becomes the way that you work on a regular basis, AI notices that you're not doing what you, what you normally do, in which case then either ask you, hey, you okay? Or gathers enough information that other people like you are also having difficulty and says, you know what, in this type of situation, right? We're back to scenario planning now, right? In this type of situation, I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to tell the CEO he's about to have a bad day. I need to tell the CIO she really needs to think about updating her LinkedIn profile, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? There, there, there's a lot of that going around. That's interesting. Yeah, because you, you, would, you would basically have a virtual observer, you know, learning how you work and sensing when things are off. Is that, is that a fair based statement? On, based on a common set of rules. So I, I do a lot of blogs. Okay. Okay. I write in English, English, and I write in U.S. English. <laughs> I noticed you okay. said process depending, instead of process. Depending, so I, I, depending on my, depending on my audience. Right. Okay. I need help. Okay. I'm not an English major, so I use a tool like Grammarly. Grammarly sits in my Word document, and as I miss a comma or as I put in a word, it comes back and suggests a way of improving what it is that I'm writing, okay? Alexa, Siri, those tools, they do the same thing, okay? If Alexa learns that you wake up every morning at six o'clock and you like to have your coffee and you like to have a certain song playing, at some point in time, Alexa is going to be linked to your coffee pot and be playing the music that you want at six o'clock. Right. Okay. 
you you first told it what to do. It then became aware of what you do on a regular basis, and now it helps you do it. If you're late waking up, Alexa either cranks up the music or starts blowing a car horn or something, but you've programmed it to, you know, to do that particular activity. And over time, Alexa realizes, don't do that on a Saturday because you'll take Alexa and throw it out the window. So, you know, there's a, this is what you expect, but also these are the situations where it's okay, ignore this. Yeah. That's wow. And that's that, what we're that, doing in business continuity planning, right? Right. We're, we're creating these different scenarios based on the analysis and impact that we think the business it, it will or won't suffer. Okay, toss a coin. And we're saying, okay, for this we'll do this, for this we'll do this, and we need to do it by this particular time. Technology is always going to be faster. Are you suggesting that business continuity was the forerunner to Alexa and Siri? Like we were the canaries in the mind? <laughs> you, you might say that I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> well, that's interesting. You know, this, is, this, is, this is, in my, in my opinion, in my perspective, this would be uh, such a tremendous benefit to organizations to be able to adequately do this and have that kind of virtual uh, support and to sense things because oftentimes that's the thing we miss the most is the the initial activations right the the ability to say it's time to shift yep. you know that that that's a common problem too with humans too because we we tend to get really anxious about activating our response plans because of the impacts it has just to do that right so to have some sort of external support to be able to confirm or at least proactively do that on our behalf would make potentially a lot of impact. Now you're, you're mentioned, um, you know, it can notify people in advance. So I'm assuming there's, you know, you would have to do some front end building to really kind of put the if thens together, Yeah. Uh, but then rely on AI to kind of say, okay, you know, we, we've hit the trigger mark. I'm going to send a notification to uh, X, Y, and Z people to get them activated and get them moving in the right direction, as you mentioned. Is, is that heavy and intensive to, to build that sort of stuff in the front end? It, five years ago, yes. Now, no. Wow. Now the tools and the technology have caught up to the point to where you have an event. I'll, I'll give you a simple example. If my server goes down, it takes down an application and the monitoring tool notices that that server has gone down and the application is dead. In the, in, the, in the old days, you know, some alarm would go off and we'd have to call the service desk and people would have to be woken up and somebody would have to go and restart the server. And then afterwards, we'd have to look at the logs. We'd have to get the logs. And then somebody would have to look at the logs and then people would swarm together to find out what actually happened with that server while we call the vendor and, you know, blah, 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 blah. By the time I've stated all of that today, my AI incident stream that I've built has told everybody there's a server issue, told the part of the business that's impacted that there's a problem, hold your breath, we'll be back within a certain period of time, probably very fast because a lot of the stuff that we do is hot, hot, okay? Told the customer and service desk teams that they might see some slowness or sluggishness, be prepared for any calls, gathered all the logs that we need, fired it up the chat room that 
that is that is required is tracking all the things that people are wow. doing to bring the server back up again and when it's all said and done has neatly tied all of that into a problem report for us thank you very much yeah <laughs> that would be amazing okay that would be now, amazing it took time to get there i mean that was you know two or three weeks worth of work of uh, of a team to be able to create that flow but right what did we just save going forward the next time we had these types of incidents? Because that's repeatable, right? We don't want to create this magic for every single thing. We want to create a standard way. Excuse me, I won't use the word standard. We want to create a common way of dealing with similar events. Yeah. So we so put in enough intelligence into it so that artificially right. it can sense and then respond the way that we want to. Right. Now let's talk about proactive work. You know, you're, you're, we're, we're talking about the benefits in a reactive environment where something happens and AI can yep. step in. What, what could AI help with in, in the business kind of world that, you know, testing or, or proactive identification of gaps and vulnerabilities that we typically do through our own analysis or walking through processes with business owners? Where do you see that helping? So I'll give you an, an, an IT example and a business example. The IT example is, is that most organizations set their threshold of pain at 80 or 90%. <laughs> okay. At 80 or okay. 90%, when your disk drive gets full, you get an alert. By the time you respond, you're down. Mm. Okay. What would happen if you set your alert at 60%, another alert at 65%? an artificial intelligence script that fires off at 70%. You see, do you see what I'm saying? Okay. AI is going to help you automate your different scenario responses based on a new set of metrics that allows you to say, we're seeing a situation occur. We're not ready to invoke yet, but there are things that we can do to let people know that something is wrong. Right. Okay. I feel like I'm having a cold. Yes, I am. I do have a cold. Okay, I need to, you know, go to bed, drink Jack Daniels, call a doctor, something. Okay. How many parts of the world delayed the reaction to the pandemic? Yeah. Okay. How many organizations put their head in the sand and went, yeah, we'll be all right. A couple of weeks, we'll be all right. And how many organizations said, actually, it doesn't matter, okay? How many organizations are ignoring the fact that going back to what you consider to be normal is a bad plan? And what you need to do is create an organization that's now ready for next. There is no new normal. That's a stupid phrase. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it bothers me every time I see it. And I know as soon as I start to type it too, I'm like, oh God, okay. I can't. Because I can't. You know, the UK is quote unquote, and it's not me, so that's why I'm putting this in quotes, okay? Addressing the pandemic and coming out of some of the different issues, even though we're closing down towns left, right, and center. But the next next is Brexit. That hasn't gone away yet, okay? And businesses have been so focused on the pandemic, how many organizations have also been addressing their continuity plans Remember, continuity is there to keep the business in business. That's the definition of continuity. Okay. 
to be resilient and sustainable no matter the event. Well, are you ready for Brexit? Right. You don't even know what Brexit means because the government hasn't told us yet. So are you ready for not knowing what's going to happen? Well, you've just experienced five months of that with the pandemic. Okay. How much better are you? Well, artificial intelligence could help you gather that data. It could go out to the government websites to capture what all the different rules are that are, are supposedly supposedly coming out. It could go out to a lot of different regulatory organizations like the Financial Conduct Authority and look at the different consultation papers that are coming out for the new rules that are going to be coming out and then determine whether or not these new rules are going to impact your particular business. It could go and look at the different skill sets of your organization and then tell the HR department, hey, we're short here. Okay. Or this person's a single point of failure. If this person can't work, shut the doors. Okay. You know, it, it could go out and interrogate the Twitter feeds or incidents that are being called in to your organization to tell you, these are the things that are driving our customer crazy. And we don't have a plan to address those. Right. So it's your, in this case, artificial intelligence is now your VCP team going through or your business continuity team going through a wealth of information and data, and then helping you create a tactical and strategic response in timeframes that you, you, dear mortal, cannot do, especially if everybody's working from home. Right. Okay. So you're, you're bringing up the, 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 the big elephant in the room, which is the question of, will this replace, could, could this replace the BC industry? Is this something that would get to that point? So you know, I, Isaac, Isaac Asimov said, Isaac Asimov said robots are there, okay, to support humanity and performing an activity. Yeah. Okay. They're not there to replace humanity. Right. It's called artificial intelligence for a good reason. It's artificially intelligent. And it has no intelligence if the human's not involved. Right. Okay. AI doesn't just spawn itself. Hello, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Somebody wrote the code that is doing what you want it to do. Okay. And what you need to do is to put in the practices and policies to make sure that you're not introducing risk or you're not introducing fraud into your organization because of this new code that's coming in that's helping or not your organization. Right. Okay? I don't know, Daniel. I've seen a lot of movies with, uh, you know, you know, computers coming alive and taking over like HAL 9000 and, and all those things. So it, it's HAL 9000 lost. That's true. Okay. That's true. But I, mean, I don't want to have any battles with any business continuity AI. Even, even, <laughs> even Alex Schwarzenegger turned into a good guy. I mean, that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, let's hope that never gets to that point. But uh, it's interesting. This has been, this has been a topic, uh, of interest, I know it's it's getting there. Now, what do you think about the intrinsic cost beside behind this? I mean, it, it, what you're describing in a lot of ways seems like it's getting more attainable. But you know, how far do you think ahead are we before we start to see this in practice in business continuity? In a regular, <laughs> you're giving me a smirk. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. No, really? Okay. 
you deal with organizations that are that, that are having difficulties with their business continuity plan today, correct? Right, right. Okay. They spent a whole lot of money and time. They did some type of testing that was actually not testing anything useful. They have an entire organization that's suffering from mental stress. We didn't test that when we did our annual test. Right. We have a whole lot of vendors that we didn't ask to be part of our BCP plan. In our BCP test, we assumed, okay, they'd be there for us. Maybe they're not now. How many businesses have gone out of business that people rely on and are now trying to create new ways of doing stuff because who they thought they were going to partner with don't exist anymore? Yeah. Regulations and stuff are coming out left, right, and center to be able to address this and help make organizations more robust. Okay. Do organizations, even large organizations, have a business continuity team that can go and address everything that is now happening in the world at the speed of light and create a new business continuity plan that is tested and verifiable such that tomorrow they know their business is still in business. And I mean tomorrow, because unless your crystal ball is better than mine, you don't know what's going to happen now. Okay. So there's the cost of how far do I go with AI? But I think the business case for helping you, uh, I think the business case of obtaining a tool and a set of practices that allows you to gather and interpret and analyze information to determine the impact to your organization, that business case is, is, should be signed for. That's done. Well, Daniel, this has been a very interesting conversation. I, I, I've said that a lot. The, the last couple of times I've met with you and, and with other uh, VC professionals that we've been able to get on the show, it's been amazing. I've learned so much. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for uh, the having information. Me. Yeah, absolutely. The, the information you're sharing is is eye opening. Obviously, we have a lot uh, of learning still to do, but I think there is a tremendous value and benefit that AI could bring, and it's cool to understand some of it. So again, thanks, Daniel, for uh, joining us. Uh, how can people get a hold of you or or uh, learn more about what your work is and what you're doing? LinkedIn. Just look LinkedIn. for Daniel Breston. Fortunately, I have a name that I'm the only one. And I'm sure the world Yay. is thankful for that. You uh, are unique. <laughs> so, you know, LinkedIn is probably the fast, fastest and best way. And if I can be a service, then please let me know. Absolutely. Well, Daniel Breston, again, thank you for joining the show. Uh, we hope to have you on the soon. Okay. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for joining us this week on the Failover Plan podcast. You can find out more about Daniel Breston by visiting our website, failoverpodcast.com. We will continue to explore this and other innovative ways practitioners are preparing for the future. So thanks again for listening, and remember, why learn how to do something on your own when there's got to be someone else who may have already learned this the hard way?